Welcome to Strong Not Starving, my name's Marcus Kane, and if you want to beat binge eating and create a rewarding dynamic with food, exercise, and body image, you're in the right place. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice. And specifically for this episode where we're going to be talking about exercise and training, always make sure that you have medical clearance from your doctor before participating in any intense physical activity, especially anything that involves like holding your breath or doing something that's going to raise your blood pressure. That is going to be particularly relevant for certain types of weight training. So I just want to make sure that that is said. Now, let's get into it. When we're approaching exercise and training from the perspective of having struggled with an eating disorder or having struggled just with disordered eating or body image issues, there are some things that are really, really helpful to take into consideration. And I'm going to be talking about five essential points to make sure that you have a good experience with exercise today. So if you take the five points from today's episode and implement them in your relationship with exercise and how you're approaching your training, you're going to have a much, much better experience. So for 15 years, my own relationship with exercise was nothing but punishing. Like I was training six days a week and I didn't enjoy a single workout. So do the maths on that. 15 years training six days a week, I didn't enjoy a single workout. That's a lot of workouts to spend just hating the world and trying to get through it. It was all about the result I thought those workouts were going to bring. And I couldn't see that they weren't actually bringing the desired result. My entire process surrounding food and exercise and my mindset and just how I was approaching life in general really wasn't bringing the result that I was looking for, but I was just hell-bent on doing things a certain way, even though I was just spinning my wheels and not getting anywhere. So to tie into something we spoke about, I think either last episode, no, not last episode, maybe the episode before, outcome-based thinking, this is going to be really important to take into account with this kind of stuff. And that's not one of the five steps, but outcome-based thinking is just so vital when we're approaching exercise and when we're approaching nutrition, when we're approaching our uh, process of wellness, I guess, especially after struggling with disordered eating, because it's so easy sometimes to find ourselves in a situation where we're putting all this effort in, doing all this stuff, sometimes to the point where it's making us kind of miserable, and it's not bringing the result that we're hoping for. And that result is always like just around the corner or just over the next hill. It's always just out of reach. So as like a as like a bonus tip today, just check in with that. If you're finding that you're engaged in a process where the result is always just out of reach, that's a, that's a red flag. We want to check in with these things. And today's episode is going to help you with that. It might help you make some adjustments to make your process more rewarding. And again, not that I want to focus too much on the results, but often when we focus on the process a little bit more and enjoying it and having a bit of a better relationship with the process, we end up experiencing a better result anyway. But the paradox here is that in caring less about the result, we often get a better result. So do your best to watch out for that if it's kind of creeping in your mind through the back door, right? Don't try to 
change the process and shift your focus in the process and go, okay, I'm going to let go of the result because secretly that's going to give me a better result. No, it, it has to be really genuine. All right. We have to be genuinely letting go of the results a little bit and engaging with what actually makes us feel good. Things got better for me in my relationship with exercise and training in 2018 because I got to the point well, this is going to sound depressing, but I got to the point where like, I was in so much pain that I just reached out to a mentor and said, like, fuck this. I don't care anymore. Like, whatever it takes, I just need to feel better in my body. And I can't be walking around with back pain and elbow pain like this like anymore. This is specifically in regards to how I was training and how I was feeling in my body, like the disordered eating and all that kind of stuff, put that aside for a minute, just as a result of the way that I was training, I was just in pain and uncomfortable and miserable all the time. And really things didn't get better, like I said, and until I got to this point where I was just like, so, so fucking miserable with this process in so much pain that I was like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I will take anything over what's currently happening. And one of the reasons why I felt that I could reach out to this mentor, this this guy in particular, is because I knew he'd been down a similar road with injuries. And I just realized that what I was doing like wasn't working in the way that I wanted to. So there was no point in living in pain in the name of a process that wasn't working anyway. And through making this change, these five steps came out of it. Of course, there is so much more to a really successful relationship with exercise, but these five things I think are particularly important. And they're things that if you take them away today and implement them, things are going to start shifting for you in a big way. So the first one being stop looking in the fucking mirror, really like stop looking in the mirror. I know it's hard. Stop looking in the mirror and focus on what you can actually control. Like some people out there who are playing on the fact that we all like to look a certain way will tell you that our appearance is, you know, 100% within our control and it's all about discipline. That is not true. We have a degree of influence over our appearance. We cannot control our appearance. So stop looking in the mirror. Like, I really do believe that spending time in front of the mirror is at best a waste of time. At worst, incredibly damaging. So put a hard stop on any body checking with the mirror, the scales, or particular items of clothing, and just focus on the following things. Second thing to take into account is survivorship bias within the fitness pro space. So People who have engaged in a process, found that it worked for them, and therefore say to everybody else, it worked for me, therefore it will work for you, while neglecting the hundreds of thousands of people who did exactly the same thing, but experienced a very, very different result. Survivorship bias is one of the most toxic things in the fitness industry. People who achieve a certain aesthetic result, a certain visual result, and then say, look, I did it. Therefore, everyone should be able to do it if they work hard enough. This is 
I don't know, at best, it's ignorance. At worst, it's a lie. I'm not saying you can't achieve great things. I'm not saying you can't achieve something that you're really proud of. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, take amazing steps to work on your health. We just need to be aware of that whole issue of survivorship bias because people who don't have the self-awareness to recognize this will show up in certain spaces adamant, passionately adamant that you can achieve what they did if you copy exactly what they did in terms of body image and aesthetics. It doesn't work that way. So keep that in mind and watch out for anyone who says anything that sounds like I did it, therefore so can you when talking about how their body looks. We can all improve our health. We can all improve our fitness. We can all improve our relationship with food. We can all improve our quality of life. But when it comes to our physical appearance, that's when we need to take all the necessary steps to improve all the things I just mentioned and be curious about what happens. Third thing that's going to really help, identify your strengths and play to them. You know, we enjoy what we're good at. One of the things that can be really toxic and unhelpful about the way that we're currently approaching fitness just as a society in general is that we're trying to all copy people who look a certain way like oh what did that person do I want to do that when really a lot of these people they get the result that they get because they I mean the ones who don't have eating disorders anyway because they genuinely enjoy that style of training there's a guy who I follow on Instagram like I won't name him um right now because he's one of these people with just epically fucked survivorship bias but you can just tell that he loves training he loves moving his body he loves moving his body in particular ways that are actually happily congruent with building a lot of muscle so you know this person if you gave him the choice of what he wanted to do on the weekend he would be in the gym lifting weights just because that's what he likes to do. So that's a strength of his. And he's playing to that. He's enjoying it. He's not just forcing himself through a process that he hates in the name of trying to reach a point where he likes what he sees in the mirror. So when it comes to training, it's super, super important to identify what you're good at, to identify what you enjoy and lean into that. I actually once heard uh, Steve Vai. If there are any guitar players out there, you guys will know what I'm talking about here. But Steve Vai is regarded as like one of the world's most insane guitar players, one of the world's most technically proficient guitar players. He's so good that most people would hear what he does and not even enjoy it because he's so technically advanced that it becomes experimental rather than music, you know? Like, he's just an insane guitar player. It really surprised me to hear something that he said one day. He said, I didn't get this good by addressing my weaknesses, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that blew me away. He said, I just figured out what I was good at and what I enjoyed doing and kept pulling on that thread, kept leaning into that. 
And he goes, that's, that's how I developed my style and became as amazing as I am. <laughs> I mean, maybe he didn't use those exact words, but that's essentially what he was saying. He was saying, I didn't get here by identifying all my weaknesses and sweating over them and grinding over them. I got here by finding what I was good at and what I enjoyed and like leaning into that. And there's so much, so much wisdom and so much value to be had there. I do believe, especially when it comes to physically, like our our body, there are going to be some things that we need to do just to avoid injury, like prehab, rehab, that kind of stuff. There are certain parts of our bodies that we need to keep strong in order to avoid injury. And sometimes that's not going to be fun. But if we spend the vast majority of our time identifying our strengths, playing to our strengths, enjoying what we're good at, then that is going to be a much more rewarding process than spending the vast majority of our time on things that we actually don't enjoy in the name of crossing our fingers and hoping that one day as a result of that, we like what we see in the mirror. I've had to reevaluate this for myself time and time again when I started going down the rabbit hole of different approaches to, to fitness. I don't ever want to give you the impression that I fixed this for myself once and that it was no longer an issue again. This is something that I have to regularly check in uh, with, with myself to make sure that I'm still training for the right reasons, to make sure that I am showing up and exercising in ways that I enjoy. Like, this is something that's, you know, not like something that we just fix once and then go, yeah, that's good, I'm done now. It's very much more like gardening. We check in with it, we keep working on it, And over time, we get so good at the process of working on it that it doesn't really feel like work anymore. Point number four, this ties into number three, and this is to stop working out and start practicing. So treat your workouts like practice. Treat these things like you're practicing a skill or being involved with a certain movement or being 100% present with something. Stop approaching exercise with the goal of just working out your body until you're exhausted. We want to get as far as possible from the whole idea of swapping exercise and calories spent with calories absorbed when we're eating. We want to get as far as far away as we can from that because that is just a shit deal. Engaging in that swapping food for exercise and trying to like outrun the foods that we've eaten or outwork out the calories that we've consumed. That's like taking out a loan with the world's worst interest rate. It's just a shit deal. It doesn't work. It's bad for our mind. It's bad for our body. There is nothing about that that is good. There is nothing about that that works for every fucker out there that says, calorie fucking deficit or whatever the fuck, they are just oversimplifying the process so much that maybe you can hear it annoys me. Like it just pisses me off. People are like, "Mm, calorie fucking deficit, fucking walk more or whatever. Stop it. Just stop it. It's, It's not that simple. Engage in physical activity to make yourself physically healthier. 
better cardiovascular system, stronger body, stop swapping calories eaten for calories burned. It's not a good deal. It reinforces a whole lot of negative shit that's just not going to help us. Think about um, walking into the gym or doing whatever you're doing, kind of like practicing. My goal here is to be present, enjoying something, enjoying a practice, practicing a skill, enjoying something like kettlebell work or yoga or swimming, whatever it might be. Think of your movement like practice rather than working out. And I promise you will start to enjoy it more. If you get concerned about intensity, like, am I working out intensely enough? Am I exercising intensely enough? Intensity will come naturally with proficiency and confidence. So the more we practice, the better we get at something, the more confident we get. And then intensity increases as a byproduct of those things. So make intensity the afterthought, make practice and proficiency the priority. And number five, don't choose a result, choose a process. Last year, I finally hit like this lifelong kind of goal of bench pressing a hundred kilo. Like I had a bunch of time on my hands um, last year and was training in such a way that allowed me to do that. The process of being able to bench 100 kilo kind of sucked. I didn't enjoy it. I was doing obviously strength training. So the rest periods in between my work sets were very long, which meant my training sessions were very fucking long, like 90 minutes, four days a week for my training sessions. It was very time consuming. I was lifting very heavy all the time, but you know, I just kind of fell into this rut of really wanting to hit that particular target. And I got there, you know, I got my hundred kilo bench press, my 225 pound bench press or whatever it is when you convert it. So I was choosing the result. I reached that result, was all stoked with myself And then experienced some issues with my left shoulder that have meant I've had to change everything. And I actually don't have any desire at all to involve myself in the process of what it would take to get back there. Like if I wanted to be able to do that again and do that consistently and improve on it, I would need to go and find like a really experienced strength training coach, like an experienced powerlifting coach, like a specialist might need to get some physical therapy or something like that. And it would be very time consuming and, you know, all for what to be able to bench press a hundred kilos. No, you see what I mean there. The process of being able to do that wasn't really something I enjoyed, even though I got the result. And we need to keep this in mind with whatever we're shooting for. The obvious example of this is aesthetic results and getting really lean and that kind of stuff. Like we might go, okay, I would like to be really, really lean. But the process of getting there and then the process of maintaining it, the process of maintaining anything like that, it's not like we can get there and then go, okay, cool, I've got there. 
I've gotten there. Now I can just chill a little bit. No, the process of maintaining it sucks ass. Like, <laughs> forgive me, but the the process of getting something is always going to be a version of the process that it took to get there. So choose a process that you enjoy because you're going to spend all your time on the process and only experience the results for fleeting moments. So choose a exercise split that you like. You know, if you don't like weight training very much, then don't choose a program that involves like four or five weight training sessions a week. Actually allow yourself to choose something that you want to do. I work with some people that don't like weight training. Um, I work with other people that don't like running. Like I, I work with a lot of people who just go, you know, I just hate intentional exercise. I hate going to the gym. I hate running. So they do stuff like they, they walk their dog. They might go rock climbing. They might do some yoga. They might do other stuff. I'm making this a really, really long winded point for no good reason, because the actual point itself is really simple. Choose a process that you enjoy. Do not choose the result. It's been really hard to create this episode and come up with five very short points that you might be able to take an action because the whole process of uh, making your relationship with exercise and training and practice really successful after dealing with an eating disorder or after dealing with body image issues, it, it can require a bit of ongoing maintenance and adjustment. And I noticed that when I put out some Instagram polls a little while ago about what you guys would like me to include in the upcoming course that I'm creating, eating disorder informed exercise was a hugely popular topic. So just know that I will be addressing this in great detail in some upcoming content that will be on its way to you uh, in the coming months. But for now, what proved to be the most popular topic, like something that people wanted more information on when I was asking recently, was this whole idea of being able to identify binge triggers, like before they happen, being able to recognize the signs early and take effective action early. So take preemptive action rather than finding yourself in this position of just being like, oh, fuck, I'm experiencing like this urge it's come out of nowhere. Now I'm stuck with it. What do I do? So I am this month, October 2023, in case you're listening to this episode years from now or something like that, October 2023, I'm going into the workshop, so to speak, to create a mini course on recognizing your triggers early and taking effective preemptive action. This is going to be released in very early November, along with a six-week intensive course to get you set for the holidays. And I know you're going to hate me for mentioning the holidays and how the holidays are coming, given that it's only September right now, but I will be opening some spaces for a few people to do a six-week intensive with me from the start of November to around mid December to make sure that when the holiday season arrives, you have an entirely different experience of that to previous years. No stress surrounding food, no binge eating, 
and no showing up on January 1st, feeling like you've got this huge road ahead of you to get healthy again. So I'll be releasing more information about that over the coming month. I'll be talking about it a bit more over the coming month, letting you know how the mini course is going because you're going to have a choice. You'll be able to just grab the mini course and roll with that, or you can grab the mini course as well as do that six-week intensive one-to-one with me to make sure that this holiday season is very, very different to all the previous ones. So again, more information about that will be coming soon. My name's Marcus Kane. This was Strong Not Starving, and I'll be back next week.